For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 124. I'm your host Greg Troxel, coming in hot, quarantined, and drinking whiskey. Uh, with me is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, also, I'm not hot right now, it's kind of cool and gorgeous, but also drinking whiskey. So uh, we'll see how this podcast ends up. Yeah, hopefully... It's not too long. <laughs> no, I don't think it will be. I will say this, Greg. Um, people can follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsom for all the hottest takes, all the, the, the best tweets, all that kind of stuff. Shout out to – there's been some people who followed me, Greg. Um, oh, nice. And I know they're Newcastle fans because it'll be like like someone from like Ireland or the UK and and like it'll just have like Toon Army in their bio. And I'm like, oh, you're not a high school friend. <laughs> You're a Newcastle friend. Wow. Yeah. So has everyone said that you should be an investigator, like detective, something like that? Yeah. People Pretty are calling me it. the modern day Pink Panther, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my nickname, okay. Pink Panther. Yeah. That, I, I, everyone calls you that, so I believe it. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. So interesting times that we live in. Uh, in Vegas, uh, we're now over a month straight in lockdown. I know okay. that's more than Georgia and England. Probably well, combined. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Georgia's on lockdown because the governor just opened the beaches back up. Oh this yeah, past yeah. weekend. So, so we're on fake lockdown. <laughs> definitely more than Georgia and England combined. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, so it, it's just completely interesting time. Podcasts are down right now. People aren't commuting. So if you are yeah. listening to this. <laughs> um, Share it with your friends if they're hanging out at the house and miss Newcastle. We're going to just be talking about random stuff. And today was a lot of what we're, we'll talk about is based on a wonderful DM we got. Uh, it just seemed like a good idea. So hopefully it is. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to say to start the show, Elijah? Um, I do think since we're in trying times, and I think one thing that I've I've discovered, um, just like by perusing the social medias, is that pretty much everywhere liquor stores are essential. So I do think that this is the perfect time that if you're able to and you have the funds to, perfect time to explore some new whiskeys with Greg and I. And I think Greg, obviously more so than me, um, is 
is a wealth of knowledge concerning these things. And if you're in the UK, these are just things you can look forward to. So, Greg, do you want to tell the people what you're drinking? Oh, Angel's Envy, my favorite. Okay. It's a. It's Greg's favorite. It's a bourbon, and it's finished in – well, it's made a bourbon and then finished in sherry casks. Uh, mm. It's delish. Oh. Love it. Yeah. What about um, you? Drinking a little Old Forester rye, if you like affordable things um, that taste good. Old Forester, pretty much all of their entry-level stuff is affordable and tastes good. Um, so that's what I'm drinking. And if you like to get swifty, it's 100 proof. So you know what that means. Yeah, and just say all of their stuff tastes really good, no matter yeah. affordable yeah, and or unaffordable. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The unaffordable stuff is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot. Yeah. Uh, it's very good stuff. But, yeah, um, I, I don't really know what it's uh, – what's the back of the bottle say? 65% rye, 20% barley, 15% cor- corn. So uh, no no knowledge on where it's been finished or any of that stuff because I'm not going to look it up. Well, so, it, it wasn't finished on anything. It's a straight rye. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Greg knows all. <laughs> so Newcastle, what have they done yeah. lately? So let's get into this soccer slash football club that we know and love mm. called Newcastle United. Um, there's been takeover rumors swirling, as we talked about in the last week's episode. So we'll, we'll kind of update on that. So, so far what I've heard, um, there's a lot of rumors still swirling, but the main one is... The PIF, the funds for Saudi Arabia, they just purchased a nice stake, like 8% in Carnival Cruise Lines. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a wonderful investment, I guess. It's going to be a long-term play because I don't think many people are dreaming of going on a cruise at any soon time. Dude, but oh man. That investment. It's, that's such a good investment, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's just a long one because you're not going to make money on that for years, I bet. But anyway, that's a whole different podcast. Um, it, it, I think the value of that 8% is like $400 million, mm-hmm. uh, which is more than what's needed to buy Newcastle United. And Interesting. the sources around that first investment state that expect many other new announcements in the coming weeks. Uh, huh. Uh, alluding to more investments obviously that piqued the interest of newcastle supporters that's the last real update that i've heard and and the person that you know there's no proof of anything still uh yeah um i guess the only other thing is that we were recently linked to a another manager as a potential manager to take over the name is escaping me right now so i'm looking it up but he is italian and is a manager. He's at Juventus. Juventus. Oh, oh, it's the guy who's managing Juventus. Yeah, I think so. Um, hold on, I need to look up his name too. It starts with an M. Yeah, it does start. Wow, that's interesting. Um, no, this is perfect. Oh, is it podcasting. really? Sorry, no, that's definitely not. Yeah, no, oh, it's, no, it's Massimiliano Allegri. There it is, Allegri. Yeah. Um, he most recently managed Juventus, um, and, but he's currently unemployed. He, he, last year was his last year at Juventus. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not, 
I don't know. I from what I've heard, I I don't know if I'm like excited about the prospect of Allegri, but I mean, also I'm not excited about Steve Bruce. So um, <laughs> yeah, is he better than that. Steve Bruce? Yes. The answer is the answer is yes. Yeah. Um. He is. He's managed at. Let's see. Um. Sassuolo, Cagliari, Milan. Uh, and Juve. So yeah, love that. Let's see his style. Oh, he runs a three-five-two, and mm. switches to a four-back. So four-three-one-two and a the four-four-two and a four-three-three. He's all used. Okay. So he seems like a very diverse manager, and overall, six hundred seventy-two matches, three hundred sixty-two wins. 156 draws, 154 losses. So yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. He has 362 wins and 154 losses. That's good. That that's good. <laughs> um, I'd say my only concern from what I've heard was like along the lines of like people were afraid of kind of him being more about himself than the club, but. I don't know. I mean, look at every manager that's good. I'm about to say, say, feel like every man, like, I think we were kind of blessed with Rafa. And even then, like, you could argue Rafa's a little bit more selfish than people give him credit for. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really know if that's, uh, if that's the best way to criticize him. Um, But yeah, oh, this is going to be fun when we get into the the latter part of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, no no real updates on Newcastle. But Greg, um, as you've pointed out on this docket, as I think everyone who's been um alive has has noted, Mike Ashley's been in the news. Um uh and uh Greg, do you want to touch on, you know, what's been going on with him, what's been going on with Newcastle, um, you know, in a time where it seems like everyone's making cuts in order to uh be able to afford to still operate, like all that kind of stuff. Newcastle seems to be leading the pack in uh, saving money. Yeah, I, well, they were definitely the first ones to do anything, but um, they're definitely not leading the pack because, it, it, well, until today, uh, when we were recording this on Tuesday, uh, it was Liverpool leading the pack. They were not. Yeah. Uh, they were getting all the press. I mean, nobody was even focusing on Newcastle because it's it's Liverpool. And, yeah, I would say it's Liverpool. And you know, people were calling time... for Klopp to speak out, and I'm like, I mean, what is Klopp going yeah, to say? He's employed like, by these people, so yeah, he's, he's like, what is he going to say? Uh, you guys should pay the players. All right, well, uh, we're going to cut your salary. Yeah, <laughs> instead, uh, it's a joke. Um, so, but Newcastle uh, decided that they were going to furlough all the employees that are hourly at the stadium, and then. Uh, just essentially, we're just going to cut costs all across the board. Um, and I, I tweeted that there's, there's literally, there's no, there's the right way, and then every other way is the wrong way. The right way is yeah. to pay everyone, um, to yeah. pay all the hourly it out. employees, uh, like the, even the players getting paid. Not concerned about that. Um, and people can say like it's not fair, blah blah blah. But like, you know, if if you're a football player making that wage and living paycheck to paycheck, that's your fault. I don't feel sorry for you. That's just uh, the way it needs to be. Like you need to string together like every single sports team has done in the United States that every hourly employee of every arena in America is being paid right now. So yeah, I mean, there's no excuses. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you 100%. I think it's really hard to, to justify. I mean, I understand the the notion of, like, I think a lot of football players like, hey, we've been doing our part in donating. And that's, I would say a lot. I would say a select few have been doing that. And then, like, I understand the, like, we don't want everyone to tell us, like, we need to take a cut when, like, there's billionaires who aren't doing anything. And, like, that is a completely fair and valid point. But I also, with you, Greg, it's like, you, I don't know if I can really be completely on your side because at the end of the day, like, you are a millionaire. You can take a hit. Um, and, it, you know, I'm sure if I'm in that situation, I don't really want to lose any money. I don't think anyone wants to lose any money. But when you have employment rates in the U.S. as high as they are, and I'm sure in other countries, employment unemployment rates are insanely high as well, I think that the, the people who can afford to take a little bit of a hit should definitely try to take as much of a hit as they can. Yeah. Um, well, within it, reason, it's also like, like even companies in the, in the U.S. have done it. I'm, I'm not familiar with what companies in England are doing, but like, for instance, it hits close to home here in Vegas, the Wynn Casino and Resort, all of their executives agreed to forego their salary for the remainder of the year. So not getting paid, they exchange it for company stock, which is fine, but it's not yeah. liquid money. Like you can't just yeah cash it in like because um, people still especially have to buy. not right now yeah <laughs> people still have to buy yeah and if you cash in right now you're getting undervalued significantly uh but they decided they all the execs gave up their salaries for the remainder of the year so that they didn't have to lay anyone off like yeah they're making sacrifices to save people that actually need the job and need the money and that's what that's the right way to do this yeah in my opinion no, I think you're spot on. And so uh, on that note, I know you mentioned Liverpool. Um, I know. Okay, well, let's actually let's touch on everything Newcastle's done. So um, we've furloughed out pretty much everyone except for the first team staff. Um, and I believe the scouting team is is up in the air. Um, there are some reports that they've been put on like a 24 hour notice. Um, but as far as I know, they're also kind of being furloughed as well. Um, players haven't been affected yet, as we know. I guess it's something to touch on. Premier League released a statement after we did our podcast um, last week. Um, this came out in the past couple of days about just how they're handling things, and they're going to do a donation themselves, as well as they're enforcing pretty much a mandatory 30% decrease in wages um, for Premier League uh, players, yep. which is still something that, as I've when when the statement came out, they said they were going to have to speak to the PFA about. Haven't heard any update on that. I don't know if you've heard anything either, Greg. No, I um, But, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing out of Newcastle camp, out of the Premier League camp. And then I know there's other clubs, um, mainly Liverpool just made their their moves. I know Tottenham has been another club that's been under a little bit of scrutiny. Um, Sunderland, as we all know, those individuals, uh, they've furloughed everyone yeah, pretty much. all um, of their first team. Yeah, they're, they're in... I mean, they have to. They're in the third division. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're in League One. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah. So it's it's uh it's it's tough times for everyone. Um, but there is, I think, Greg, you hit it on the head, um, perfectly. If you want to see what Greg's thoughts are, just go to his Twitter. But there's a proper way to handle this, especially if you're a billionaire. Um, there's a moment where you have to put, you know, the everyday lives of individuals over the sheer like idea of capitalism at some point you have to have a soul and um we're kind of seeing which companies have souls and which companies don't (laughs) and it's uh it's quite alarming yeah uh 
Yeah, definitely. Um, going to the next bit is wait. Do we take going a to be? Break? I feel yes, like we're we are about fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's okay. going to be a lot of fun, and it's just like let's live in fantasy land, and we're going to a- okay. answer the question: What's going to happen when the takeover happens? Oh. We're going to go into the world of the takeover has happened. So let's do that. Yeah, right after this break. Okay, so we are now owned by Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. Um, congrats. Much to the demise of many of my friends and Brian Nelson and a lot of people who are against this. So, I mean, I'm sorry to all those people, but it's happened. We've yeah. been bought. We love the club first, um, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're pumped. <laughs> yeah, it's um, been exciting. <laughs> Honestly, if this takeover happens, you know what we should do is just literally play, just cut this segment and then just release it as a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's talk about what would happen. So so we just got purchased, uh, and we, we alluded to this a little bit earlier, uh, but let's start by talking about managers. Like, who okay. would you see? Well, actually, let me ask you the question first. Is Rafa the next manager of Newcastle United? It depends on how much the PIF want to spend or the Saudi Arabians. I don't know what we're going to call them, the the Stavely folks, because call you're going to have to buy out just a pre- for now. Just say PIF. The, the PIF. It, it, so I don't doubt the money's there, but I mean, it would be an interesting move from Rafa's perspective because he typically. I um, mean, he's been pretty certain in uh, what Chris Woff has said and what George Calkin has said, um, even concerning these takeover rumors, the, the prospect of Rafa being there, is that Rafa honors his contracts. Um, and that's kind of how they left it. And, you know, years past, no one's ever thought to buy out Rafa Benitez's contract in order to have him um, there. Maybe, he's maybe kind people of just, have tried. Yeah, I'm sure people have probably tried. But, um, you know, I if the PIF want to spend that kind of money, which it would be a lot of money because the the Chinese Premier League, the, those folks at Dialong Yifang are paying him a ton of money. Um, we're talking millions. Um, then, sure, I could see that happening. But when there's so many uh, hot names out there, um, and potentially some even some in potentially by the time this happens, some some even some more names are could be fired or could be available. Um, I think it's it's really tough to to like want to buy out a contract and then also have to pay Rafa Benitez a competitive wage. So I, I don't see it happening. Um, it's a very slim chance. I know that's going to disappoint Rafa facts, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to go a different direction. I don't think they would stick with Steve Bruce. You don't. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's it not a, a joke. Uh, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would, would be shocked if they did, but you know. Yeah, I mean, in a in one way, they could stick with him uh, just until they start building the team a little bit more, um, and and then once they get some like caliber players in there, they'll they'll probably branch out and get a manager after they've built something. But yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I would be shocked if he stayed one game after the takeover happens. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so now let's let's talk about maybe first signing. Like, who does Newcastle? Well, I think we should talk about 
potential managers. You say Rafa. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't like, really get like that's the thing is we we kind of agreed that Steve Bruce. If we had if we had our pick of the the litter, Steve Bruce would be fired. Yeah. Um, and obviously his contract is easy to buy out. So it's one of those things where it actually, if you're looking at it from a pure business perspective, like it almost makes sense to buy out Steve Bruce's contract because it's like he's making less than a million a year. It's pretty much nothing. But I do think it's important to, you know, let's 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 see what options are out there. Um, so, Greg, is there any managers right now that that stick out to you? Uh, well, outside of Allegri, because he's been mentioned already. Nagelsmann. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, dude, that's a good one. I was thinking that. Oh, I'd love to see Nagelsmann, <laughs> and that's. I feel like that's the perfect hire because. It is the exact opposite of what we've seen Newcastle play the past few years, where like RB Leipzig are a fun, exciting team to watch, high pressing, high energy. All the matches, no matter if they're getting smacked or if they're like winning by four goals, they're just fun to watch. Like Nagelsmann's killed it over there. Yeah. And is there any American managers that you would take? Well, here's an interesting one. Technically American. Don't know if if this counts, David Wagner. Yeah, I'll be out on that. You'd be out on Schalke. Give me, give me why. I feel like they've overachieved, but I also think that he's done a good job there. But I think that they're much better. I think he's done a better job than like he's done a better job with like less. If that makes sense. I, I don't think that they're going to go for a guy who's done better with less. And he hasn't won anything. That's also true. Uh, um, he hasn't even come close to winning anything. Uh, well, he's come close to winning the championship. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So I, I don't think he's even going to be on the radar. Well, I mean, what, what has Nagelsmann won? I mean, Nagelsmann's a sexy hire for sure, but he hasn't won well, anything as well. He's about to win the. Well, I guess. He's not. I mean, RB Leipzig aren't. They're. They're in third place right now in the Bundesliga. Uh, if the Bundesliga ended right now, they would not win. How the many Bundesliga. points are they out? Two. They're they're five points out from five, Bayern man. Munich. Jeez, I forgot. Yeah. So that's the thing is like Nagelsmann's a sexy hire, <laughs> but like he's also he's Schalke is well okay. I thought they were way closer, but like Leverkusen's a better example. Leverkusen's three points behind Leipzig with significantly less talent. Um, to be fair, they do have. They do have a couple really great players, but I mean, I don't know. Nagelsmann's a very sexy hire, but it's a gamble. It's almost like it's not as bad as the old Gunner gamble that Manchester United took, but it's still a gamble because it's like he's done really well in the Bundesliga, but again, there's not a, an end product. Now, and, and interesting, I know that this would be, I feel like, almost a more realistic um, possibility is uh, Pochettino. He's going to be oh, yeah, he's obviously, yeah, yeah, that's a really obviously he's done really well in the Premier League. Obviously, just a, a very good manager. The, the ending to his time at Tottenham was really more so a, just a difference of opinion, and they needed a fresh reset. Really, not completely his fault. I think that he's a guy that is probably out of the suggestions we mentioned might be the most realistic, if we're being honest, because you already can count on him to give you results no matter what the team you kind of give you you kind of give him and then if you give him the ability to build his team and make his signings you know the 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 future is very bright there as well so 
Pochettino is going to be a, a guy I'd probably rock with. You're giving me the, the choice That's between great. all those guys. Pochettino is probably going to be the guy I go with. Yeah. Um, that, that would be, that would be a lot of fun, especially if you're, I, I wonder what he would be like in, in Newcastle, you know, like, uh, yeah, I mean, he would be, he's a good manager, but like, would he connect with Jordy's at all? I, I don't know. I, I just, I'd, I'd be really curious to see how that would work out. Uh, yeah, I, I I do think there's an element, like, that's one thing I do think, like, I have to give Steve Bruce credit for. I think over the time, he's definitely won over the hearts of a lot of people. Like, I, th- obviously the criticism of his management style, and, you know, you could say he's very lucky. That's definitely something to be criticized, and you're within your own right to do so. But I do think, like, he's been a, a very welcome character, like, to add to the... the to the whole like Newcastle landscape. He's just like funny, very likable. The players like him. Um, yeah. I do think Pochettino has that going for him. From what I can tell, he's a, he's a bit of a player's manager. And I mean, obviously Rafa, the fans adored him. Um, but also did the fans adore Rafa because of Rafa or did the fans adore Rafa because we hadn't had a manager of that quality at Newcastle. Oh, it can since... definitely be both to that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah that's a good, that's a good shout. Yeah. Uh, any any other ones? I'm, I'm I'm good with any of those. Yeah, I'm good with those. I'm sure that the Arsene Wenger uh, <laughs> things are going to pop up. I think um, I don't know who tweeted this, but one of the journals. I want to say maybe Chris Woff, but I don't want to put words in his mouth. Also, entertain the idea of like giving Shearer another shot. I know that fans have been talking about this. Giving Shearer another shot under his terms. I don't know about that. I mean. It's really hard to judge Alan Shearer as a manager, just given the situation, circumstances he was in. Um, but I don't know if you're—I don't know if that's—if this is the right time, just considering all the individuals that are available. But if you want to, you know, start off things on the right foot as a new owner, hiring a club legend, yeah, say they let go as likable and as well respected as Alan Shearer would be. Perfect. Say they let go Bruce to bring in Shearer and then just sign bangers. I yeah. Mean, if if he fails with the new banger signings we're getting, then you know maybe he's just not cut out to be a manager. But uh, it wouldn't suck to look at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it's it's interesting, but I I feel like people are sleeping on Pochettino. I I don't know why people are because it's like he's obviously going to want a job and he's going to be sought after. Yeah. Um, it's going to be sought after when everything starts back up in, in the new season. So I don't know. I feel like that's just a win-win for everyone involved. Yeah. What, what about players? Who would we sign? So this is, man, this, I don't think it will come as a big surprise to Greg because he knows who I watch and who I like to watch. Kai Havertz. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! When, so I I did mention this one of the first time when we were first linked to the Saudi PIF. Um, I mentioned that like a lot of times when and, and everyone's mentioned this that people want these transfer not these these um these uh takeovers happen right before transfer window because one the easiest way to announce like a new era if you're an owner is by making a marquee signing and so with Manchester City. They splashed the cast, and at the time, I mean, we're talking, I want to say 2008. Yeah, 2008. They bought uh, Dimitar Berbatov, Berbatov from Tottenham. 
um, for 30 million pounds. So you're literally buying one of Tottenham's best players for just an insane amount of money. And so I do think that we'll get, if, if the PIF do in fact take over, you'll get one marquee signing that people aren't going to be seeing. And Kai Averts, I think, is the perfect kind of signing because I think he's kind of flown under the radar in terms of like, you know, linked. Like, I, you you don't really see him linked to a lot of teams. Like, you don't see like Liverpool to sign Kai Averts. Like, I'm sure every team is interested in him, but it's not as prevalent as like, or I don't know how to say that guy's name, the guy who plays for Olympic Lyon, or, you know, some of these other guys. Um, so I think that would be a perfect signing because, you know, Cam, really dynamic, I think has the perfect blend of the the athleticism of Miguel Amaron and the, the ability to play passes like Shelby and the ability to do a little bit of the skill moves, not to the degree of any of these people, but just like a good blend of like all the the favorite players that Newcastle have. Like he's got a little bit of flair, he's got a little bit of speed, he's got a little bit of that ability to play like the perfect pass, and he scores bangers. Uh, so I think that'd be the perfect just signing to start things off. Greg, what about you? Yeah, I I went in and looked at like what Man City did with their first few signings and. Mm-hmm. Their first one was Rubinho from the Brazilian, mm-hmm. and then they made a like a bunch of like, you know, like regular signings. Like Shea yeah. Gibbon was one of one of their signings, and Vincent Company, which wasn't a big one at the time, but he was, he was six mil from Hamburg. Yeah. So like they they made some like regular ones. So I, yeah. I was thinking like who would be the big one first, and then they were then we could go from there and i i found a, just this is going to be just out of left field i don't even think i've ever said this name to you ever okay but i'm going with fernand torres at valencia huh like that's an interesting one for sure yeah and that would immediately put almiron at the 10 uh saint maximin on the left and fernand on the right something like that where yeah. you would just like, <laughs> I mean, not many teams are, would stop that, and he, yeah, he would no, probably right. be like fifty mil. Like he would be, he would be more than Jolinton for sure. Probably he'd probably yeah. be way more. He might even be more than fifty mil. Um, yeah, and then I think they fill out the rest with just like promising fillers from Germany, from Italy, from France, and from England. Um, yeah, that's the thing that I, I, I think also they signed kind like of eight players noticed. in that first window. Yeah, and th- that's the thing is that Newcastle right now, you could ar- like depth is probably the biggest issue where it's like you look at and we talk about this all the time, obviously, but it's like it's re- like we need some of those signings where it's like you don't feel you don't feel like we can't bring anyone off the bench or like you don't feel like if we lose a left back we're screwed for the season. <laughs> so that's I, all like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, and so it's one of those things where it's like on paper, like there's some really solid talent, but like if you lose Mikel Amiron uh, for the season, it's like you don't have a capable backup that's Premier League quality. So I agree with that 100. percent You bring in some of those depth signings. I honestly would love, I would love, 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 and I honestly think it's already happened. Uh, get Jetro Williams back in here. Jetro Williams is like fits that mold of like that, you know, five to six millions, just solid signing. And it's like even if you splash the cash and get like a world class left back 
for some reason. Jetro Williams is still just like a very solid just player, and he obviously is of Premier League quality. So like more signings like that, where it's like get rid of the dead weight, get rid of the Jack Callbacks of the world, get rid of the Christian Atsus, get rid of um, dare I say it, like get rid of DeAndre Yedlin and bring in a different American right back, maybe Serginho Dust. I don't know, yeah. but you know. Just like, you know, retool the squad and make it so that even no matter who the manager is, it's it's more like this is at a minimum a mid-table side just due to the quality of player and how deep the team is. Yeah, I, I that's fantastic. I'm so happy we signed these players. <laughs> now, we also, I, I, we pretty much agree on a lot of stuff, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's typical of us, I feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now, this goes a lot to the manager... Um, and this would be the last thing we talk about is, I guess. So just imagine once again the takeovers happened. We've signed our manager. We've signed some big time players. What? How would you like to see new rich Newcastle play? Man, um, I think like when you, if you look at the rich clubs in England, and I think this is a weird year. But if you look at let's say, let's say rich clubs last year, they all had a very they had a, a very defined playing style that was more than just your average tactics, and they were I would say they were tactically savvy. That's what I want from Newcastle. You look at Man City, like Pep, what Pep Guardiola has done there is absolutely gorgeous, and like the amount of work that's put into tactics, I think we just need to get back to that level. It's essentially what Rafa wanted but didn't have the players to do, if that makes sense. Where it's like, under Steve Bruce, I think that the tactics have been very raw, very straightforward, like we've mentioned multiple times. No real adjustments. But if you look at Liverpool, you look at Manchester City, you look at Arsenal this year, you look at Arsenal last year, you look at Chelsea last year, uh, you look at even Chelsea this year, like Tottenham as well in both cases. Like there was a very clear, like, all right, this is a – semi-complex tactics it's a it's a defined playing style you know yes it's attacking but there's also just like it's solid all the all the way around and so i think that tactical complexity is what i would look for it's like i want us to be able to play really good looking football yeah i i am 100 percent in agreement once again uh i would take a lot of what the RB teams do uh, and have their very high press implemented. But also on top of that, I want to play pretty much. Ex- so outside of the high press, I want to play exactly how Ajax plays. Yeah. That would be so much fun. So they, you know, do like a four, two, three, one that inverts into like a fourth, three, three on yeah. whatever side the ball's on. And I also I, I like getting swifty with it. Like I I love that Leverkusen essentially play with almost a false nine. Like I just like when teams do stuff that's like defining and it's like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Um I would also add to that I do think that like something like the Gigan Press or how RB Leipzig plays, that would play well with Newcastle so much in this current time. Like if you if you give if you say, Hey, basically you have sixty million to spend 45 of that's going to a marquee signing and you have to keep the same team. Like if you look at those high pressing styles of play that fits this Newcastle team to a T. Yeah. And it, and that also kind of still plays into that initial, like that, the identity of Newcastle side, the identity of a Newcastle 
fans and just like that high intensity, like a, uh, like you know, we're going to defend hard, we're going to play hard, that kind of stuff. I would love to see Newcastle turn into a pressing side. That'd be best case scenario, in my opinion. Yeah, that would, that would be a lot of fun. Um, anything else you want to mention? Um, man, uh, I thought I had something earlier, but I, I definitely forgot it. So we have uh, next week. We'll blame it on the. I switched <laughs> to Fiddler, so we'll blame it on the Fiddler. Oh, um, yeah, I'm almost out of Fiddler, which is really sad. Oh, um, sad. One. But it's okay. Um, oh, wait, no, that wasn't it. So, oh, Greg. Yes, yes, I actually do have something. Um, so. The Premier League did announce, um, not Premier League, the FIFA did announce that basically, like, there was a lot of concern, and I think we kind of mentioned it last week, about what would happen to players, for example, like Nabil Bentaleb or Valentino Lazaro, whose contracts could technically expire before football resumes. FIFA kind of cleared things up and essentially said that, like, no matter what, like, those contracts will hold through the end of that team season. So, like, if the Premier League season ends in August, like, we would still technically have Valentino Lazaro. Yeah. If, if you know, if it ends now, then, like, he could – we have to make a decision on whether or not to send him back. Is there any of those players – I mean, I know we saw a very limited amount from the loan signings. Is, is there anyone you'd, you'd like to see return to Newcastle? Do you think that, like, these guys got a fair shake? Do you think that – under a new manager, we could see new light just given the cost. Like I, I, I don't know. If if we get sold, uh, no, I I wouldn't care if any of them came back. If we don't get sold, then I would like to keep Danny Rose and Lazaro. I would like to keep Lazaro, not Danny Rose, because I think I just I have a gut feeling Bentel not Bentel, uh Jesha Williams has already been signed. Oh, you do? Well, uh, yeah, but okay. we don't have, you were just talking. We don't have anybody else. Paul Dummett? We don't, yeah, we don't He's have ex- anyone else. Okay, fair, yeah. Um, no, Paul I mean, Dummett's essentially a center back yeah, at this like, point. He's, yeah, he's filled in a center back more than anything. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I wouldn't mind Danny Rose. Also, shout out to Danny Rose. He's actually been doing a lot of really good stuff in the community, um, doing a lot of donations to NHS. So I, I do think that that has helped his case. I think fans didn't like him that much, but I would love Danny Rose as a backup left back. That would I mean, I mean if you put in that perspective, yeah, yeah. But I'm just stay woke now, on now this. Now you have to the ask club if, has tweeted, if Danny Rose would love that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the other thing is like I would love to have Valentino Lazaro as a backup like winger off the bench. But would Valentino Lazaro love that? No, is the real question. Um, the the and before we kind of close out, um. Just wanted to flow this out there, and if you agree or disagree, please respond to me on Twitter, tweet at me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I am like one hundred percent certain that we've pulled the trigger on on Jetro Williams already because one, Jetro still tweets at all of our players, watches all the matches, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. he essentially is treating it like he is still a part of the team. Well, he's hinted before to it all this as well. happened, huh? He's hinted to it as well. Yeah, he's hinted to it multiple times. He's basically said, like, I can't wait to be back on New- at Newcastle. Yeah, he said Dude, it won't be his last game, all that stuff, yeah. Dude, the club has, like, not done a good job of, like, hiding the fact that, like, they potentially have already signed him. Because, like, they wish him a happy birthday. They're, like, sending him good luck during his rehab. Like, things like that where it's, like... I get like there's a moment there's a there's a level of like yeah we're we're trying to be do the nice thing because like he played for us all that kind of stuff. 
But, like, there's also the fact that, like, all right, well, I mean, you don't really have to wish him a happy birthday when he technically isn't on your team anymore. Like, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Like, I understand wishing good luck on his recovery because, like, he got injured while you're in Newcastle, but there's a level of, like, all right, they definitely uh, – he's already a part of the team. So, yeah. just staying woke on that um, – if anyone wants to add a comment or any of that kind of stuff, let me know. I will debate this to my grave. So, I got time. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, that concludes this episode of CHN Radio. Uh, keep – please tweet to us. Please DM us. DMs are open. Let us know what yeah, you want to hear. Uh, this whole episode was really because of a DM. So, yeah. follow us on Twitter at CHN underscore radio. DM us. All if you don't stuff. DM us, we'll still have a podcast and we'll talk about just absolutely. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Probably so bourbon. If you who don't knows? give us any outline, then we won't. We'll bore you with talk about <laughs> U.S. men's national team. Yeah. Goodness me. No one wants to talk about that. <laughs> um, so that concludes this episode. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn coast. Elijah Newsom, And away the lads. Love you guys. If I make a few quick pop, it's cold up there in summer. It's like sitting inside a fridge. But I wish I was on the case side, looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody Think they live in Jody land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitty how I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale.